Welcome everybody to the Generic Foiling Podcast. This is episode 25, we think. Uh, myself and Liam here. No interview this week because we're lazy and we're also late as well, so we're just smashing it out at my house. That sounds weird. <laughs> um, what is it we're supposed to say at the start of these? Okay, yeah, no, we're, we're just trying to spitball exactly what we're trying to do here because we're not doing... People keep telling us that we have to be professional and tell you lot to um, call to action. Like, share, subscribe. We're on Instagram. The following on Instagram is growing. That's good. We get some very random followers as well as the foiling frother followers. Um, so far, we're t- rate rate us, rate us, whatever yeah. platform. We always say Spotify, but you can rate us on Apple as well. You can leave reviews there as well. We've got absolutely no idea what it actually does when you do that, but we've been told it's really important. It really helps our ego. That, and we that know that less than 10% of you have done that so either you don't think we deserve five stars and you're following our instructions to the letter because we only accept five star reviews or you just you just haven't done it yet okay there we go Is so that... oh other call to action um the mike raper episode was good uh, okay so go I, back, I have listened to that but um freddie's now going to do a public apology why he messed up the edit yeah uh i'm an idiot basically i, I don't really know we were talking about this with Rue this morning on a on a business chat. We had a, a Zoom meeting today, a business business chat. Uh, when we edit the podcast, it probably takes us between two to three times as long as the actual podcast episode ends up being to edit it. Yeah. I'd say that's being optimistic. I'd say it's three at least, yeah. Yeah, but you did have a bad one with one of them. Anyway, I balls it up. I'm sorry. There was some silent points. There was some overlapping bits there was some general mishmash i thought i'd done a really good job and then the messages started coming in not too many mainly from liam i caught up with uh guy bridge the other day and he said that he thought his stereo in the car was broken <laughs> is he listening though <laughs> yeah that's good he listens to all of them okay he's got a driving driving around a lot anyway so we are going to rectify this so we're going to do it like a risk assessment now because we're going to go what went wrong how wrong did it go and what are we going to do to rectify it next time very good see he likes that uh, if I edit it, you're going to listen to it before I release it. And if you edit it, I'm going to listen to it before we release it. The issue being, and we've both done this when we've edited these podcasts, you've gotten four, five, six hours into it and you're so fucking sick of listening to it that the idea of then having to write a description, edit the photo for the social media and then schedule all the social media means that you are just not interested. I do have a slight tactic to deal with this situation. You say, Freddie, I don't want to do it, and I do it. Well, yeah, for the other stuff, but when actually, I normally listen back to the whole thing after I've done it, and what I do, and this is a recommendation for the listeners, because we sound quite funny sped up, I normally listen back to it (laughs) at like 1.8 times speed, and it just sounds like a couple of giggling chipmunks talking about foiling. That might be a good idea, I've got to figure out how to do that. So, um, to make it up for you... Oh, yeah, we got a special one. We got a special one. It's the 25th episode, quite a milestone. So we're going to have our first competition. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm dubious. The if only anyone... reason Freddie's dubious is because, you know, he's worried about the financial implications of having to provide a prize. Well, like you just said, it might just be... A, the, the winner might just get a firm handshake. We've yet to decide that. But we are having a competition. Anyone that did listen to Mike's episode last week will know that he completely spun our views on bullshit poetry videos in product shoots. And we now love them. So what Absolutely we're gonna... love them. So now it's poems with Proctor. <laughs> we found another. Take it away, Liam. Right, so we're going to read you a poem. 
and the idea is that you have to find the video that this uh, poem came from then you have to comment on the Instagram post or the Facebook post of this episode and the first person that correctly guesses will win the yet to be determined prize <clears throat> this is word for word I am alone sailing into the ocean and I am thinking I only think there is nobody to talk to nobody who can hear me the earth transforms into a thin line. It gets far away and leaves me, and I am left alone with my kite. I think when everything comes together and you have a stoke, then you know that you are in tune with yourself. You are listening more inwards, carrying it with you. I guess more important in a way, being in the water is like being at home or something. <laughs> Halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we said, we like these. It's so bad. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Luke. The, 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 the people want to know. <clears throat> you need to love the environment to really feel, like really get that new spark in you. When you catch a wave, and when you're out there in the ocean, for me, waves are one of the most fascinating things in the world. Being in that moment and absorbing all the elements and all the emotions to the fullest, that means stoke to me. To inspire people, to motivate people, let them move, let them think about what ignites their spark. Now How's if you don't on? if you don't want to go out and buy some product after that, I don't know what's <laughs> gonna I don't know what's gonna do it. I honestly don't. That's all that makes me want to do. I got you, we, we, we've got to remind immediately after saying this that you know we will mock every brand and bad advertising is it bad advertising it's still advertising we're drawing attention to something it's a good yeah, thing that's the problem Mike got tons of advertising out of exactly us last week so yeah get your guess in where that came from unfortunately this one was a kite related thing but rather we'll tr- specifically than a foiling related thing but you know we'll find more no i was thinking next week we should try a surf one because there's been a lot of bullshit surf videos as well <laughs> there's been many um there's a lot of kite ones because that's what we know but i'm and it's yet to have transferred fully across the wing but maybe it's gonna get there maybe maybe, we, maybe we should do one what our own yeah well we could do i did get a compliment or two on the uh, poem reading performance so a lot of people loved it a lot of, anyway, right. So, so moving on from that, I um, I just I wanted that, to. That's us off. We're in now. That we're in. We're in. Yeah, that's this is, competition this is done. Call to action done. We've begun. But related to the poem, and I I was in two minds about whether to bring this up because I don't want to get a a reputation for just laughing at Freddie when he has a bad session and I have a good session. But I'm bringing this up not to do that, but to highlight to people that. Everybody has flipping terrible sessions and we get messages sometimes about this podcast saying that it's nice to listen to a couple of guys who do get to ride a reasonable amount, but also sort of say it how it is and don't try to fluff things up a little bit. Um, So I thought that reflecting on that poem, Freddie, and reminding yourself that waves are one of the most fascinating things in the world (laughs) and that being in that moment and absorbing all the elements... To the fullest. That I was means Stoke. I was absorbing a lot of elements. <laughs> Do you want to tell the viewers about your session in Bantam? 
Well, okay, so we're we're the, obviously the last episode we did. I'm going to try and remember it because it was a couple of weeks ago now. We'd only just really got to band them. No, we hadn't. That was the last day of the last session, the last wing session when I washed up the river. Yeah, I was saying when we recorded the last. Oh, episode. I see what you mean. Um, I got washed up the river. We went winging early morning. It's the last session. We've had a great two weeks in Bantham, and I just got shafted, absolutely shafted. Overhead waves. Did my stereotypical ride out from the beach into the biggest, most critical section of the beach. Fell off. Couldn't get back up. Got caught in the middle. Got waves smashed on me repeatedly. I was all right for like three or four waves. And then that fifth was like, oh, heart rate's gone up. I'm now in panic mode. Because I'd, I'd gone winging, because this was an early morning session. And hadn't you I gone tried to kiting. kite? Yeah. yeah. So I'd gone for a wing straight away. And admittedly, I'd got very lucky that it was sort of slightly cross on. I'd ridden out back straight away and managed to get out back. And it was so big that you just didn't want to be anywhere close to the beach in Bantham. Um, the swell was so big. And Freddie had tried to go and kite in the waves on a nine. And I was on a five. And admittedly, I had just enough power to deal with the size of swell. So I can imagine the nine might have been a tiny bit too little. It was just little. on onshore tide coming in as well. It was, wasn't it? Helped and then I think because I was seeming to be somewhat successful you decided to go and swap your gear and i it, i was literally only out for half an hour before going this is actually a little bit silly like if something does go wrong here i i could basically foresee if i did get knocked off by a wave or i did ride in too far and then get knocked off by a wave i was going to be in the situation that freddie then ended up in and so it was funny because you'd just ridden out as you rode out, I rode in and shouted, didn't I? Like, I'm getting mm. out of here kind of thing. And I just got back to the beach. And as soon as I got back to the beach and walked and put my gear down, just saw Freddie get nailed by this this like set wave and white water. And then for the next sort of 10 minutes was in the same sort of spot, just in that scenario where there's not really enough wind to get going quickly, manages to stand up, gets to his feet, he's trying to foil away, but then the next wave come, knocks him off and just that repeat cycle for God knows how many ways. And a couple of them were throwing the gear around. Like I was pretty, I was surprised that you came in with yeah, gear with no intact. damage. It was, I was watching I was, that um, board and foil get thrown up in the air. I was thinking back to, if anyone hasn't listened to it again, episode 16, when the Wang Lord sat down for the first time, me, you and Rich, and we were discussing like, what do you do in those big conditions? And that was very, I was very much aware of, of those thoughts because I've never really considered it too much. But it became very aware that unless so much white water about to hit me that unless I was sat on the board, things were going to get very dangerous very quickly. Because I did have one or two session, one or two waves in that in the middle there, where I didn't I didn't have time to get back on the board. Uh, so I was holding board leash in one hand and wing leash in the other, and then being full blown. What would you call it? Uh, you were lucky that barrel, the leashes, barrel roll, like yeah, completely you were lucky underneath. that the leashes were surviving. Been like, held under quite a bit. The leashes, yeah, and then I got <coughs> dragged. That was the most savage pullback I've had from uh, wing before because that was like I got through. I got through the set with the board, and then you just started getting that sort of internal feeling of dread as you felt the wing started pulling you backwards, kind of like when you fuck up a duck dive and. The wave starts pulling you over the falls, and I definitely didn't. It wasn't it wasn't over the falls because of how how crumbly the swell lines were, 
but I was very there was conscious. Power, yeah, there was a lot of power. Yeah. And so going back to what we were talking about in that episode, I was having to sit on the board. Now I know my, my technique after that session. Thankfully, I came out of it unscathed. But after that session, I now know my technique. You've got to get on your board. You've got to squeeze your legs around that board. Dip your nose as the water hits you and kind of just hold the wing above your head as best you can and try and keep a little bit of leverage like you do on a paddleboard. You remember when we do our little level one paddleboard course when we uh, became professional paddleboard instructors? A little bit of stability with the paddle on the side was exactly what I was doing with the wing. So you're like, you're, you're bouncing around on your backside, but holding the wing down for stability. Mm. Uh, and the wing kind of gets, if you've got your hand on it, you can kind of get it over the white water so it's not being held under too much. But my God, yeah, I, I, we've said this before with surfing, when you get to a point where you've been held under for three or four waves and you're kind of not having a good time, suddenly, the, I don't know what it is about my body or everyone's body or whatever it, it does, that fight or flight response kind of kicks in. My heart rate elevates and I'm like, right, time to get the fuck out of here. This is now getting Yeah, but you had no bit. choice. I was just watching from the beach. Yeah. Like, you're buggered. <clears throat> and I, I could see you're going to end up in the river because yeah, yeah. there was nowhere else, there was no other safe exit. Yeah. And thankfully, the, the river there is not, not so much of a problem as long as you know... I suppose it's like uh, swimming against a riptide, isn't it? You're not supposed to swim against a riptide, supposedly. I don't know what the the, the official wording is now because they keep changing it like they do for health and safety. Float to live, mate. Float to live, there you go. Um, but I was obviously not going to get into the beach by going crosswind, so I just sacrificed it, got washed down the river, pulled out the other side, and... I do think that if you weren't there, I probably would have smashed my foil and board. Yeah, so that, that's kind of what I was bringing this up for, is as much as I joke, you know, normally normally in situations like that, I'd go and have a bit of a laugh and take the piss because that's what uh, friendship is like. But it was beyond genuinely that. on that day, I'd been watching <clears throat> and I sort of had to go on a little walk over the sand dunes, over the little hill that's there and just was walking out into the water to just take as much gear off him, like, you know, take some piece of gear off him straight away to deal with it, knowing what it's like in that situation, like how sort of annoying and frustrating and tiring the whole thing can be. Um, and, yeah, that's why I bring it up, just to sort of publicly say it so that when people have these really crap sessions, just, yeah, everybody has them. That's two big ones now. That one on the island one, I would, I would class as similar... The island one was a little bit more of a fuck up completely with the kite foil, but you know, being in conditions that I've suddenly felt very uncomfortable in. Um, and I'm trying to think, I had a, I can't actually remember which session it is recently, but it def it happens to me less, partly having been lucky in some of the sessions, but generally think it's quite funny when things go wrong until it's really serious. But I had a yeah, yeah. pretty rubbish session recently, didn't I? So I can't. I think was I mean, it, some of those, it was in some Bantham, of those Bantham I got ones. out and was just peed off with the whole thing and was like, that was a waste of time. And yeah. We had a few ones that week. It was a bit of a shame. Second week there. We had a good couple of sessions the first week and then the second week just went a little bit bonkers, didn't it? And the, there was no... There was no... Uh, it wasn't, period. No, there, there was, was no good period. sessions, but it wasn't what was expected based no. on the forecast. It was just very much you hanging on and... were conveniently having... You you had a session in one of the river mouths, um, and you were like a little school child on the text. Well, that messages. did that did ignite my spark. Did it? That really did. Uh, I absorbed all the elements and all the emotions <laughs> to the fullest. Yeah, because you they were all positive. Because I had a blood good bloody good time. Yeah. It's funny how often these good performances happen when no one else yeah, is around to witness them. But they must have happened because. It's very rare I'm in that kind of nice mood either. 
But then I did the same, didn't I? Because I reported yeah. back having a very good wing when you weren't there. So what do we get? We're going if we go back to like episode one and uh, expectations. Expectation, mate. We've been. What on does that it. mean? We've been on it from the beginning. But the difficulty, I feel like that episode one kind of. We need to re-record it. It, it lulls people into a false sense of security, thinking these guys are going to get really deep, and then we just fucked it with twenty-four more episodes of bullshit. <laughs> So we all have bad sessions. We can't all live up to the poem and the poetry that, that Liam likes to read occasionally. No. But it is what it is, isn't it? The expectation one, though, is a funny one, coming back to that, because we were in uh, North Devon this weekend, actually surfing on the Sunday. Normal normal surfing. Normal boards. surfing. Non, no non, foils. No foils. And there were three of us. and uh, The unheard of happened. We, all three of us... It was like mid-morning, hadn't got up particularly early. We'd all stayed in the van, so, you know, sort of slept okay, I suppose. But it was a beautiful morning, and it was an unusual circumstance where the swell was good, the weather was beautiful, but I think because we were in nice company and just generally having had a good time in the company, we would have been equally happy, like, just going for a walk as going for a surf, which is quite rare. Normally, we'd be pretty froth to have driven somewhere to go for a surf. Anyway, so the three of us were all in the same mental state and just sort of expecting it to be average at best and not really that fresh and fit and ready to do it. All three of us had a really good time, really enjoyed ourselves, and got way, waves. I, I got hardly any waves. I don't waves know when that's ever happened in surfing. No. Nah. I mean, I've had some good ones, but for not for a long time. I didn't even wiggle on a single wave. I just stood up. But it does come back to the expectation it. thing. Yeah. And I do remember making a joke about this in the past, about you basically have to, you know, you don't want to expect every session to be shit or you'd never go, but you do have to cap, cap especially in the UK anyway. I was going to say, it's, it's probably not the balance. same for some of the listeners that are in more reliable climates with trade winds and whatever, and point oh, can breaks. You but can you imagine surfing a point break? I always keep thinking that because everyone's going away on surf trips and stuff. You know, the guys I saw in France the other day, they're all off to Indo. I'm like, God, that'd be good. Just go and surf a point break in Indonesia for two weeks. No wetsuit, solid waves. Just imagine the progression. How how much progression you'd have to have. It's like all the guys going off winging in bloody Barbados all, all winter as well. Fantastic segue. Riding in point breaks in good conditions. News. Actual industry news. The GWA hosted the Global Wing Sports Association, I think that is, hosted... The first surf-specific winging discipline in Cape Verde at Ponte Preta. Which is a pretty savage first spot to get people... Well, they're all tip-top tip -top riders, of course. So I'd like to bring up something quite funny again. This happened... I remember bringing it up before. Um, anyone that subscribes to the Friday Pump from the Foiling Magazine, an email newsletter, if you don't, sign up. I write on it every other week at the moment. And that may or may not continue. Depends how well I do and if I upset anybody. Yeah, what are you about but to say? <laughs> every time. Um, it is generally quite good. And it's basically just a little newsletter that the, whoever's writing it gets to write a little intro piece. And then it's kind of like five of the really good Instagram clips from the week or something like that. And um, I quite enjoy putting them together. And I often write in them. And I write with normally a theme. And there's normally some sort of satire or sarcasm as we like to deliver on these podcasts now and um, almost every time I ask the editor guy and I'm like 
would you, how do you feel if I write about this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll see what it's like. And then I write about it and I'll try and keep the whole theme of what I'm writing related to the joke that I'm about to make at the end. And most of the time so far, the joke has always been vetoed, which means that because the, the, the intro piece was themed towards the joke, that's normally like a bit lame with a punchline at the bottom. But as soon as the punchline gets removed, it just makes me come across as a little bit lame. But anyway, um, yeah, the GWA was going on in Pontefretto in Cape Verde. Um, they had a live feed, didn't they? Which is quite the, yeah, cool. Yeah, the footage was decent. The riding was insane. Ah, that was why I was bringing that up because the, the GWA called it. They called it an innovative discipline, an innovative discipline, the surf discipline. And I'm like, is that not the one that we all wanted to see from the first place? Okay, freestyle. You know, some people really like that. But surely, if there's gonna be two disciplines, it's gonna be surf and freestyle. What did they go and do? Surf freestyle. I don't. Well, I never watched any of it because I'm not. Uh, what can't the, the Pontefretto? Yeah, one. no, no. We watched that one because I think Rich sent us a link for the live feed. But what what is surf freestyle? I Just think it's jumping off waves. Com- no, I think it's a combination of the two. I think you're supposed to ride waves and then do freestyle, which is my whole point. Like they're two very polar opposite things. Yeah, I suppose. Imagine back in the day. Go on, Hadlow. Go do a mob five and then go and do a nice little <laughs> toe side carve <laughs> on the wave. Did you see? Anyway, uh, it's like no, I'm no. We're All going right. with me. We're going with me. Tom Bridges post yesterday on Instagram of him throwing a fucking back mob off a head high wave wherever they are at the minute, and no. landing back in oh, the he wave. Does it all the time. I know, but it's just it's the fact. It's probably because we were talking about head high waves and being out in big surf. I'm like, the guy's just just rides up to this thing, throws a back mob like it's nothing in head high conditions, and lands back in the wave. On a wakeboard. Oh, it's so cool. It's non non foiling related, so I apologize, but back to the that's news. Cool. Back to the news. What um, is the news? That that event happened and I didn't research it enough to tell you who won, came second or third in any of the categories, but Because nobody cared <laughs> judging by what we're about to talk about now. The guy that got absolutely worked over. Oh my god, there was multiple. <laughs> so it's a fairly shallow, right-hand, very rocky, volcanic-y, I assume, the Cape Verde. I, I guess so, I yeah. Know, but very dusty, sharp. Dusty shithole, I think, is what, uh, <laughs> is what Tom, Tom has <laughs> described it as before. But it has amazing conditions. Like, yeah. there's so many amazing wing riders, kite riders that have come out of those islands. As long as you can there's ride right. There's loads rights. of point breaks. Um, and this is a very fast, quite long right. Um, I tuned in. There's two very significant crashes one of them was camille something that was circulating on instagram for a while and that was a duotone one that was a duotone ride i think they were both duotone riders <laughs> <laughs> and then um i tuned into the live stream and it was i think the i want to say the second round and it was the heat between a duotone rider and tetuan yeah, that's the one I watched. Yeah, and this guy just got absolutely munched and it was a preceding yard sale and his gear was everywhere and he's swimming like buggery to try and get into the shallows and his board's just getting washed up the rocks, getting absolutely smashed. But my point is, those conditions were sick and that made the sport look exactly what I've always wanted to watch of the sport. It looked like surfing. I think the GWA seemed to be doing... I don't know, again... I- were completely unknown. I don't know them at all. But the G- GWA and the GKA seem to be doing a really good job of it all. 
And so are we now, bringing so, yeah. the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm not sure I want to commentate on any of their uh, events. It probably still wouldn't go down very well because we wouldn't remember any of the names or Well, this the is the start of something do. new. But anyway, I highly recommend, if you haven't seen any of that, go on YouTube, look at... Um, Look at that event. There, I think there are a few highlight videos. You can still watch a live stream on there and skip through it. Where are they going next? Don't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start doing some research, don't we? I we know. didn't even write that down. We can, edit, we can cool. edit it in. All anyway, right. let's get on to uh, the main reason most people are listening to this episode after the last week. It's because Freddie's been to see Gong. That's the only reason people are here. We're going to get 3,000 hits for this one. That was a very good video. And um, I thought you did an extremely good job of making it difficult to interpret whether or not you were being serious with your jokes. And, I'm never serious, am I? But but, but you don't know that. I, I really enjoyed your little video. If, no, if you haven't seen it, go on the Generic Falling Podcast Instagram. Don't get your hopes up. It's have a look on still the reels shit. and just have a little look at Freddie going to visit the, what's it called? The Gong Space Centre. Space Centre, yeah. Um, obviously it's a conversation we've had a little bit and what's quite fun is it's probably getting the most interest from everyone like as in people want to talk to us about it so that reel got, I don't know, 10 likes ridiculously low likes but it's had about 25 comments on it and a lot of messages directly to us as well yeah, everyone's really quite interested in it um, I liked your comment what were you saying, there's a chap saying I don't understand why it's controversial but yes. realistically, the whole definition of controversy is people want to discuss this immensely. Because everyone seems to have one polar opposite opinion or yeah. the other. And I had a great time. I'll put that out there straight away. It was really, really cool what to see. What was the cafe like? We didn't act, it wasn't available. Oh, we, no, it wasn't open when we were there, actually, because we did get there early. And it's not very the, good in France, is it? You'd well, we'd expect also, a nice nah, coffee and a pastry. Nah, but we'd had a we'd had a big fry up or something. We had a load of cake in the morning, so I, I wasn't feeling up for breakfast. We didn't even look. We literally went in for half an hour, so I can't. Again, we haven't done a huge amount of research. My colleague and I just realised that we were going to flying out at four p.m. I think, and we had two or three extra hours in the morning if we got up in a reasonable time that we could just head over, do a ten minute, twenty minute detour to go and see Gong because we'd both watch, and I would advise. Everybody go and have a look at Gong's YouTube channel. It's bloody immense. Their, their media is just outrageous what they're churning out. And it's because they're doing it all themselves. Patrice, the boss, looks to put quite a bit of emphasis on producing this top quality media. There's not enough um, sort of spiritual poetry in there. It's, it's all just really good writing. Mm. It's fucking annoying. I want... Let's get the facts out there. So Gong is this direct-to-customer. Yeah sales thing the space center is what they call their headquarters so they don't really have shops anywhere in the world and they're not apparently they in. used to so they used to sell in a few shops but now they don't now, now they're they don't. all full and d this, to c this space center acts as both their headquarters but also has a retail outlet which is flipping massive best surf shop i've ever been in ever hands down by a million miles as well uh, the place is massive You've got more Vistler surf clothing than you can shake a stick at. To be fair, for anyone in the US, like it's got a gym I, in I've it. seen the videos and it's not dissimilar to like, you know, Coco Beach, Ron John Surf Shop. It's not quite there, I don't think, from what I've seen, but it is not far away and that is a fair, fair, mm. you know. Well, I've never been to the US, so I don't know. But every board you could possibly imagine in every discipline, <clears throat> everything we're interested in. So foil, surf, sup. 
kite. It's an interesting brand, and we don't want to badmouth it because I appreciate a lot of people love it. It's a big name in France. Hold on, this and is something personally, I, wanted to, I wanted to clarify anyway. Is you when you were talking about having joked about it? I unless I may well stand corrected if I did, but I think I've been fairly balanced on that brand throughout because I can see the appeal. Well, I haven't. <laughs> And that's the way the cocky crumbles. But they've got to be careful because you did try to add the man on LinkedIn. I did, and he ignored the hell out of me. To get him on. and So he didn't want to talk to me. No. I can't. I don't know why. I'm not sure it would help. That would be really. such a clash of cultures. Well, who is it? Someone mentioned... Was it Rue that said, I'd love to see you speak to Patrice because he can hardly speak English. And you, can, and you, can <laughs> I, hardly, you, you can't either. And I can't either. <laughs> I'm sure his English, by the way, is way better than my French. And probably not. better than your English. And probably better than my English. Um, yeah, you okay, you've been fairly balanced, fine. My, I think because I speak to shops and I But see, why have you brought this up? What are we going to talk about? Well, I, so I can put the name Gong in the in the title and everyone will come and read it. That's why. <laughs> Clickbait, mate, that's why. But so, it, no, so we've had 25 comments or whatever it is on the latest thing. There's, there's a lot of interest. We don't get people commenting that much on stuff. The fact that we've had 25 people giving us not just small, thin, little messages, but actual full-blown conversation lists. There's obviously so a lot of interest here's, there. Here, I guess here's the two sides of the story, and here's some of the opinions that people have expressed. When you've got a direct... By the way, I think this should be it as well. I think Gong underlined at the end of this episode. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh, fair enough. Well, then you better choose your words carefully, and it would have been sensible to do some preparation in that case. Nope. Um, so it's yeah, direct. It's a, a direct customer brand in the same way that what surface wetsuits, things like that. Yeah. Um, they're able to bring product to market very cheap, um, and there's two sides to the arguments. On the one hand, there is the obvious benefit to the consumer from the perspective of price. Yes, you're making a business model extremely efficient. Um, and so because there is no distributor network that needs to take a margin, because there isn't a retail facility that needs to take a margin, then you're going to make something very, very cheap. The, on the other hand, so, so that's, that's where it benefits the consumer. You, as it grows, of course, they can start to invest money in media and riders and stuff like Freddie's saying. Um, but the reason that a lot of people are against it is on the basis that you are cutting out both distributors which probably less important even though that's who you work for sorry you could cut those out because brands could do their own distribution but you are cutting out a retail network and generally speaking retail networks historically and I still think today have a huge value and part to play in the whole water sports industry it's an industry thing isn't it as opposed to just brands working for themselves because if brands did just push gear out there you know a lot of schools would struggle to well in some ways like make ends meet and get the support from brands that they often do by the way of gear um because a lot of them sort of rely on their business model to make sales of gear alongside the lessons to make the lessons affordable and appealing and all the rest of it um shops tend to do local events they tend to support young talent they tend to just protect yeah they tend to protect access to spots they tend to get involved with national governing bodies that also 
discuss with you know landowners beach owners all the rest of it um and so it depends on whether or not that is sort of valued um or not from and, a, from a british standpoint we talk about um supporting local brands and and doing all this and 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 supporting local shops and your your local distributor whoever it might be we talk about doing that in not just kiting foiling but our food everything it's quite a big thing that we support british and yet here's a french brand that isn't supporting any of the uk network that's i think and again because again exactly what i work in that's the side of things that i see on and then you have a lot of people that have messaged in like there's so a couple of examples that people would talk about one person was talking about how it's quite often a a feeder to the sport and that a lot of people may buy gong stuff and then move on to something more expensive at a later date and then get involved with their local community and stuff like that and that's one argument and i'm um and I think that that, to be honest, I can imagine that getting less common because of the modular nature of a lot of the gear that we're using nowadays. And quite frankly, Gong's gear has got better. Because I would argue a number of years ago that you were kind of getting what you paid for when you were to compare it with some of the sort of more established And that's where the brands. reputation came from. That, that, that and that's where a lot things. of the joking yeah, comes agreed. from. It was like Sk- that- Skoda cars. Yeah. Exactly like, well, apart from the D2C kind of stuff, but the reputation Skoda had for donkey's years, but now look at them. They're owned by the bad group and make bloody good cars. It's basically a Volkswagen, yeah. And and the that's not untrue either. Um, there, was, there was a lot of stories about issues with wings and boards and foil boxes and stuff like that back in the day. But that which, has been in bigger brands as well. But yeah, which has been seen with certain bigger brands as well, but there were the reputation was that it was generally more of an issue with those um the other thing that there was that guy that was using the analogy with a bike shop wasn't he and he was basically saying that he would get frustrated with direct to customer bicycle uh business models because he would have no sort of support or partnership with a brand but they would kind of rely on his services to service the product itself and the same thing kind of holds true with this now I've I didn't realise that we were going to talk about any of this, so I've just tried to spitball entirely off the top no, of my I think head it's here good. It's just to interesting. explain the situation. I think, so I think as long as people don't be too harsh. A on couple me. of the messages came across as you're wrong, whereas we were like, well, hang on, I might spout and joke and swear about stuff, but at the same time, I'm fairly open to all of it, and I know I jump on the bandwagon more than I probably should do. If someone tells me something's shit, I'll go, yeah, all right, it's shit. Whereas actually. I was intrigued enough to go and have a look around the place and bloody loved it. The guy, I had the best, the best service in a surf shop that I've had for a very long time. I had a great chat with the guy that was there. Um, yeah, it, it was good. I mean, just looking through the message that I found on Instagram from Sam, who I was chatting to a little bit about it. Uh, it's a great, great message. Thank you, Sam. Um, it just says, it's funny, isn't it? We celebrate the guys going it alone, coming up with the innovati- innovative ideas. Army Armstrong, Dave Kalama. Oh, the guys behind that insanely expensive wingman harness slash impact vest thing. Um, but only if they're part of the machine. Otherwise, they're mavericks and inherently untrustworthy. Um, quoting me, saying, will all these boards break? Of course not. They're no different to any other mass-produced PU board. I suppose, again, that goes back to what we were talking about. Um, th- there is a reputation there. That's that's where the jokes come from, that's all. Um, 
But then he says, maybe look, <laughs> which was brilliant, maybe look at them as a gateway drug, the weed to Duotone's heroin, which I think is brilliant. It's a great analogy because, again, and we talked about it before, could I afford to go out as a non-industry person doing what I was doing prior to doing this job? Could I go out and spend all that money and get into winging with new gear? Probably not. Probably not. I'd be, I'd be secondhand or I'd be looking towards a gong um, direction because that's purely all I, all I would be able to afford. They're in the same game, as he carries on saying in the, in the message. They're in the same game, and if you start with a smoke, it's likely that you'll end up injecting. Then everyone wins or loses, um, which, again, works very well. A lot of people using the kit to move further forward into maybe some of the more innovative brands. And that's not to say that Patrice's gang aren't innovative either because they've got some pretty impressive-looking stuff in the shop. There I don't go. really have an opinion. I haven't been exposed to enough of the gear. Um, and I think from what I understand, it's become less of a thing here in the UK anyway, thanks to Brexit. It's making sort of shipment and tax and everything more difficult for them. So, bit more is it? It's easier to get stuff in than get stuff out, or is it the other way around? I can't really remember. I should know that, shouldn't I? Anyway, that's where we're going. That's the in-depth ish five minutes on gone. Even though what I would say is, even though it was more Freddie making jokes than I was, I shouldn't worry. We should be making jokes about every brand. Well, that's I think it. That that's what we think is required a little bit more. It's just a little bit more tongue in cheek. And if we get reactions from people, it's probably only going to help things. So please react. <laughs> Don't let a bombers or anything, but it's fun. And and nothing is meant in harm or um, with too much sincerity. <laughs> anyway. On to the next thing, which kind of ties in. If you want to come to a generic foiling pod event and throw letter bombs at us. <laughs> Christ, Freddie wants to host an event. Uh, yeah, that's the next. That's this week's idea. There are, again, industry connections, potential, uh, or we've chatted to, to industry people before. Demos nowadays are a little bit lapse in what happens because generally, as we know in the UK... We don't get consistent wins. So you put all this effort into turning up and putting on this great big event, um, as the likes of Rua's doing quite a lot now with IK Surf and Tonic Mag and putting these fantastic events on. And then everyone rocks up and there's no wind. Or you get rained on for a weekend in the tent and it's all just kind of a bit shit. So the, the brainstorm idea is basically to have an evening more like conference slash social slash beer drinking event in the evening close to a spot where we will be in the afternoon if it's windy if it's windy that's kind of the premise of the idea and the thing that popped into my head that really sold this idea to me is that it's all good and well going to a typical sort of trade show or demo day and then you might have like six different brands there and each of the sales reps there with their tent and you can go and talk to them if you want to and look at their board and blah 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 but each sales rep is going to have the same spiel and probably have the same conversation with each individual customer or interested party over and over and again through the day whereas i just have this vision in my mind of setting up like a political panel and having each of the either interesting brand people or the sales rep on a panel and then either myself and freddie and other questioners just throwing some grilling questions at them and sort of doing it like question time and i think that could be quite entertaining and i yeah. think 
something something like that. Basically, what we want to know is if we did something along these lines and we got some interesting people together and we actually put some effort into you getting some value out of the, the experts how there, much How much are you going to would, pay us? I thought it was free. Oh, sorry, is it free? Fuck. The, the question is, would, would you come? Yeah. <laughs> would you make the effort yeah, to come? Yeah, because um, yeah, otherwise there's no point doing it, as you would hopefully expect. But I think it could be quite fun. We'd be shedding light into some different aspects of the industry, but also into some of the, the brands, hopefully. We could um, do like a live podcast, maybe, with an interesting guest. If yeah, we well, get the, a big name involved. Yeah. And if anyone else has got any good ideas or things that they want to see from something like this that they don't normally get from somewhere else, tell us and we'll try and arrange it. I'd like to arrange it in some sort of a nice big pub venue style thing with a conferency room. I would like to have clinics with some specialists in their field, whether it's paddle boarding, paddle technique, uh, wing technique. I bet Clacy could get involved. We might have to pay him, but he might be keen to get involved uh, from a foiling technique point of view. Um, we could get loads of people, do a couple of clinics, have a couple of chats, get everyone on stage for a bit of a natter and a, a sing-along at the end, have a few beers together. And if we get out on the water, we get out on the water. But if not, It'd be a bloody good crack. So give us a shout if you've got any ideas of what we might be able to do. Um, again, it'd just be really nice to meet a lot of you guys um, without the pressure of, oh shit, it's not going to be windy or it's going to be blowing its ass off and we need to worry about where we're going and all this sort of stuff. If we get to get on the water, great. If we don't, we don't. We get to meet you. We get to say hello. We get to have a beer. We get to chalk foiling with a few more people. Yeah, I think it's casual casual daytime. I'm picturing it like we're trying to figure out where and we think it's likely to either be south coast somewhere or close to where we are, so like Exmouth, Exeter. And if so, we try and do it at whatever tide time suits a sort of lunchtime-ish session if there is wind or conditions for something. And we'll try and arrange some sort of beach activity anyway. But the actual main event will be late afternoon, early evening time onwards. And we're thinking September. Once the kids September, have gone back, October, yeah. gives us a bit Whilst of time. It's still to, summertime. Yeah, gives gives us a bit of time to arrange as much as we possibly can with the people that we can. Um, again, with some sort of connections in the industry, if we haven't pissed everybody off by that point, we should be able to get a few people down. And likewise, uh, it could be just a really cool way of getting people involved in the UK industry, which is the main involvement for us. Um, the demos are all, always really good events from the kite and the wing side of things, but you never know who's going to be there. A lot of people now don't bother coming to a lot of these events because they're going to be kiting around a lot of other people, but they still froth over the stuff. Um, that's the idea. Give us a shout. Let us know. Locations, ideas of what you want to do while you're there. Uh, that's it. The end. <laughs> um, there's, no, there's no real swell. There's no real wind coming up. Can't really. Well, I hope there's wind for some people. I think uh, the guys in Portland had a little bit of wind today as well. Uh, but otherwise, I hope everyone gets out and about. I think we're going to Wales for the weekend, aren't we? Might get in the water surfing. We have potentially one of the brand's foil designers lined up. Don't jinx it. We hope to have one of the brand's foil designers lined up. So if anybody has any questions specifically that they would like asking to a foil designer, please let us know. If you saw the story that Freddie put up about the um, what plane oh was it? Oh God! Did you see the reply? The I scimitar, got? the scimitar wingtips on the Ryanair seven three seven seven three seven. Is it Boeing? I don't know. I don't know. 
again, we've no no research into this at all. Anyway, the flight I did, I came on back from Francois Land. Uh, the plane had some real swanky foil tips on the end of the wings, basically, and it not winglets, only double winglets, winglets, double winglets, so up and down, so mainly up, uh, like a let's say an F1 Eagle or what else are the winglets? The back of the old the Axis Speed ones, for instance, the evil little winglets, the guy, the guys that are almost guaranteed to rip a wetsuit and hit you in the calf and. Put, get some blood out of you. Anyway, they've decided on these planes to add on even more danger with a downwards wingtip as well. So they've got both. And I did get... So the comment I put on it was how long till a foil designer gets a Ryanair flight? Basically in the idea that, ooh, that might be a good idea on a wing, on, on a foil wing. And Alistair replied saying it's a split shim, scimitar wingtip. Costs 200 mil US dollars to retrofit to 400 planes. Saving in fuel is 1.5%, which works out at 60 million a year. So they pay it off in three and a half years. That's pretty cool. Like from an efficiency standpoint, and that's coming from me, and I'm an idiot. I don't understand much of this. But to get that much efficiency out of that underneath, I mean, what is it? The difficulty, I don't understand how it's going to reduce roll. It prevents interaction between the high-pressure and low-pressure side of the wing even more than just having the one winglet and further prevents wingtip vortices. That's what it does. And what does that mean in, like, Yorkshire speak? Makes it more efficient, exactly like you said. But, I mean, performance-wise, how's that going to work? More glide. Less yeah. power required to keep it going at the same speed. All right. Bloody interesting. It's been very, very, very difficult, even if you wanted to, to manufacture a foil yeah. with that. And shape. if I thought the F1 because Eagle the was lethal methods. enough, that's just that's it's just going to get you. That's going to poke an eye out. It's going to take your little toe off. It's going to carve you up. Be a good bloody name though, wouldn't it? The Split Scimitar. That is a good. <laughs> that's, that's a good that's name a good actually. Name that's a great name. So I wonder who's going to do that. I wonder who's going to do that. You done? I'm done. All I'm right. hungry. Let's have some chicken. We'll see you all next week. Enjoy.